0: My name is Daniel Miller, I'm your servant host, and this is the Discipleship Conditioning Podcast. servant host of the discipleship conditioning podcast and owner and founder of biblical anatomy academy. Today I'd like to share with you Matthew 23 as we progress week by week in our bible study. It's hard to believe that we've made it to Matthew 23 already. It seems like it's been quite fast. Uh, but for me that's reassuring of the process. You know, there's been many times in my life that I've had a goal to do something and that time's going to pass regardless of whether I started or not. So, had we not started this uh, chapter a week format back in August of 2023, uh, it would still be January of 2024. And, uh, you know, r- regardless of whether I started the podcast or not, or shifted its focus, I should say. And so. As we begin Matthew 23 and all the things that it talks about specifically with Pharisees saying to do one thing and not doing that very thing they say to do not practicing what they preach I'd like to point that out as focus for us because odds are you have a goal whether it's a weightlifting goal business goal or something else and uh, that time's gonna pass regardless and so hopefully that's motivating to you to begin that process and, uh, and get going today. So, within Matthew 23, I'm going to begin basically right at the beginning in verses 2 and 3. It reads The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the words they do. they preach but do not practice. I think it's interesting that uh, Jesus is saying to do as they say because sort of academically they're founded in their understanding of the Old Testament and uh, in the law. But to recognize that following them is simply not worthwhile because they don't practice what they preach. We're we'll talking about a little bit later and how they guide people and they, they set these lofty expectations that nobody can realize and that's what Jesus is here in this section of Matthew in this section of the Bible to show is that none of us are perfect, none of, none of us can make it to heaven. We need Him, we need His grace to be able to access heaven and the Pharisees are teaching something different than that and resisting Jesus' teachings. So it's interesting and and we probably can relate to somebody in our life that has had that similar moment. Not to get down on that person. We're all human. We make mistakes. We've all probably said something and then not done it. Even worse, gave advice to someone else and then not actually done that advice ourselves. Um, We see that a lot where we hear things that are the right things to do and we sort of parrot that out because we've heard it's a good idea but we haven't actually applied it ourselves so something to to be mindful of in verses 8 through 12 it reads but you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers and call no man your father on earth for you have one father who is in heaven Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you, you shall shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Good enough for me. Happy to be humbled in this instance. Uh, happy to be humbled because I'm a sinful human being that's called himself instructor before. It's called himself professor before. Has taken jobs with no increase in pay, but the title was fancy and made me feel special. Happy to be on earth and realize that as fault and to be humbled in that process. Happy to share that message with you all. I remember working at a specific tech company in my mid-20s and taking a number of promotions and working countless hours with no increase in pay basically a salaried position, but I was always lured by sort of the fame or the notoriety of a fancier title. And, uh, and so I personally have fallen victim to that a number of times. Now, personally, this really hits hard because uh, although nobody's ever called me rabbi, that translates to teacher and plenty of people have called me teacher Uh, Right thereafter, it says instructors. Uh, Actually, before that, it says father. I'm a father of two, one on the way. So I've been called father plenty of times. Then after that, it says instructor. Kind of for us in the English language, a synonymous term with teacher. I've been called instructor before. And although I don't think that... The way that it's utilized in the context of my life is inherently evil in any way. Uh, I'm prepared to be humbled, and I want to err on the side of love and the side of caution. I'm a strong proponent of servant leadership, and so maybe you've wondered, maybe you haven't, on why I've begun entering each episode describing myself as a servant host it's because I'm making a cognizant effort to add sort of the prefix servant to everything that I do. So rather than completely avoid someone calling me an instructor or professor, I think I would just prefer servant to be the prefix for it. Whether that's right or wrong, I think it's a safe path to follow. And I think that I feel peace with that. Let me know your thoughts, not only on my decision, but how that may apply to your life. Directly after this, in verse 13, it reads, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter go in that's that's pretty strong. I don't know that I have any life application thankfully there, but that's pretty strong that uh, a group of people who are not destined to enter the kingdom of heaven religiously pushing on people and getting them to a situation where they're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven either. Perhaps they would have without their influence. That's that's like one of the gravest sins we could make is to not only steer ourselves away from heaven, but steer somebody else away from heaven. That's, that's pretty deep. We flip over to the next page here and we jump forward about 12 verses to uh, Matthew 23 verses 25 and 26. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. There's a number of different verses in here that are uh, providing analogies for us for me this one probably is the most blatant and stands out to me the most strongly on simply washing a dish inside and outside of the cup i mean what sense does it make to consume a beverage and then go to the sink and wash the outside of the cup and put it away and call it good right but that's that's very profound and it's deep in our society because if we apply it To a sport that I reference often, and that is the sport of bodybuilding. A phenomenal sport, but a sport that is one of the most unhealthy on all the planet because of who it attracts. It's very much a skin deep sport. For instance, when you're on stage and you're being graded, it doesn't even matter how much weight you can lift, it matters how symmetrical you are. And there is a lot of vanity tied up in your right bicep being as big as your left bicep again there are wonderful people in bodybuilding and people that do it for the right reasons Uh, me personally i trained in the sport of bodybuilding for many years but had zero interest in ever being on stage with a spray tan and being in those kind of outfits to be judged in that sort of way Uh, I I sort of relish in the meaning of my name, Daniel, judged by God. And in that instance, that's what I'm looking for, is to be judged by God and, and nobody else. Again, I'm not saying that my way is the right way and that you should never participate in the sport of bodybuilding. I think there's a lot of good people in bodybuilding, but it attracts this superficial nature, like the cup that we're talking about here, this superficial nature that as long as the outside looks good, the inside is also good, and it's completely the opposite. It's completely false. Jesus is saying here, if you take care of the inside, the outside will also be good. The outside will also be clean. It's a very seemingly backwards way of thinking from what the American society teaches us, isn't it? In Matthew 23, verses 29 and 30, it reads, "'Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, For you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. I am no biblical scholar. I have not studied this verse extensively, but I think it's worth mentioning because it points out again the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and how they claim that they are one way but they are another. They claim that if had they lived in those times they wouldn't have done the things. And in the next verse we're going to skip ahead about seven verses here to 37. We're going to see how sort of Jerusalem is cast uh, in this specific chapter of the Bible in just the hypocrisy in the ways that people have lived of all time and and this isn't a point to go back and look and say man during these times jesus's time period when he was here as a human on earth look how silly these people were or look how dumb they were no we do the same things today it looks different but we do the same things today in matthew 23 verse 37 it reads o jerusalem Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. For me, this one is fascinating because, well, first off, frankly, I didn't understand what the word brood meant and brood comes up fairly frequently in the Bible. In fact, a few verses before this, it mentions brood of vipers. Well, if you're in the same boat that I was, brood just means basically offspring. And so the brood of the hen, uh, the hen is protecting the children, is protecting the chicks, the brood. And when we speak of vipers, even though this is outside 37, this is a few verses beforehand, within the Bible, and and as most of us would probably apply in 2024, uh, a negative connotation to vipers. And so he describes the Pharisees as a brood of vipers and how they are essentially snakes in the grass. And I think that's super fitting because of how we use snakes in the grass uh, in today's day and age. But brood has a positive uh, connotation here that despite everything that's occurred in Jerusalem over the centuries prior to this and up until Jesus's time, Jesus spreads his wing to protect the children, uh, despite every all the nonsense that continually occurs over and over and over again. As we continue on in next week, we obviously predictably go to Matthew 24. I keep the names of these podcasts simple, just the the name of the book, the number of the chapter, and then Bible study. Uh, a little different from what we've done in the past with specific verses and application. Uh, but as we sort of progress in that boring sort of matter, we do so uh, very happy to be boring because our goal in this is to support you in your life, hopefully pull some application from our lives and what God's Word says to support you in your journey. We don't claim to be perfect. We don't claim to be biblical scholars. We just claim to be people and profoundly claim to be people that love God and are willing to be wrong, willing to be humbled, willing to share our love, to evangelize, and to share with you our thoughts as it pertains to the Bible. Trying our best to focus as we move forward to be more application based. Is opposed to providing commentary specific, because again, I'm not a Bible scholar. I will certainly share with you what I've learned, but I want to provide evidence of God's existence in my life as Scripture reminds me or shows me on a daily basis. More than anything, what I'm hoping for, and part of the reason why this is a separate podcast from Biblical Anatomy, is so we can be very focal in both podcasts and more centralized with a specific topic for each podcast. Uh, I don't want to muddy the water so much with what we offer at Biblical Anatomy Academy. Um, certainly love if you check out our website and see what we have to offer. But I won't even take the time to mention our website at this point in time because what matters most to us is that you're reading your Bible. I've said it before and I'll say it again that. If there's something that I say that gets you to shut this podcast off in the first five minutes and open your Bible, that's a success. That's a success for us. We just hope that by sharing our story, by saying the right thing at the right time, is something that resonates with you, that you're encouraged to go participate in your own Bible study uh, or, or add to whatever it is that you are currently doing, uh, provided it is opening God's word and in really marinating in God's word on a daily basis you know I can speak to periods of not feeling like God's speaking to me as much Uh, God speaks to me in dreams about every six months or so I seem to have a dream that is really profound I had one just last week I'm right off the heels of that and I'm so thankful for that but the in-between times when I don't feel like I'm hearing from God as readily I'm so thankful to have access to God's word that I can open this up and I can feel his presence and that I can get application for our lives. Again, as I opened the show with as time moves on, time's going to move on regardless. So what are we going to do in the interim? And I thank you for joining me in this episode because this provides a Bible study for me and holds me accountable to be prepared to share my life with you on a weekly basis. So My goal each and every seven days, each and every week is to read whatever chapter we're on in God's word seven times and apply it as best as I possibly can to you at the end of those seven days when it's time to record the episode. I love you. Thank you so much for joining us. Open your Bibles, dig in deep. God bless. Till next time, we love you. We want to sincerely thank you for listening to today's episode and conclude properly with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Brother, thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that this show is bringing you joy. It's bringing you peace. It's increasing your proximity to God. And it's helping you add on serious muscle mass. That's what God's provided us the gift to do. It's to understand how the human body works, to put as much muscle on it as possible, which we understand is a unique challenge, not present to everyone, but it's a challenge that's present to you and I. And so we hope that today's episode and all episodes are encouraging you and helping you in that endeavor. Now, if you're like me and you're listening to this part of the episode, you probably are the type that has to listen to the entire episode or it doesn't count. Or maybe you're just stuck in traffic and you can't turn the podcast episode off at this point in time. Or maybe you are like me and when you read a book, you have to read the entire book, including the copyright information. I know it's a silly, silly endeavor, but we are the way that we are and God made us perfectly. We are the only creation of His that is made in His image. And with that in mind, I'd like to encourage you further and provide you a couple resources that will be of immense benefit for you. The first is a one repetition maximum calculator. This calculator is made through a spreadsheet and it's laid out very well for you to estimate how strong that you have got over a specific period of time. There is a video on this landing page as well that'll instruct you how to use it, but if you need further instruction, please go to our homepage at biblicalanatomyacademy.com and schedule a coffee session with me where we can talk about the uh, One Repetition Maximum Calculator. To get the One Repetition Maximum Calculator, you'll want to go to biblicalanatomyacademy.com 1RM. You'll enter in your name and email and you'll get access immediately to the spreadsheet that we have created also a value would be a template to get you started as you begin to design new programs to break through plateaus as we instruct this program that we have this template utilizes all the percentages that we preach and we believe is the best tool for you to break through those plateaus you can access it at biblical anatomy academy.com template enter your name and email and you'll get an immediate download for the spreadsheet that we have created that allows you to put any of your exercises in, any of those one repetition maximums in, and use the document for success long-term. Again, if you need assistance with either of those spreadsheets, the one repetition maximum calculator, or the template we have created at Biblical Anatomy Academy, please go to our homepage at biblicalanatomyacademy.com, scroll down, and click the green button for coffee, and we'd be happy to meet with you over a cup of coffee, pour water, or pre-workout, or a protein shake, whatever suits you best, so we can instruct you moving forward in life, in fitness, and in love. We thank you for being here. We thank you for listening all the way to the conclusion. Uh, We hope that you listen to a further episode and enjoy, and we hope to have future correspondence with you. God bless, and we love you.